the, the new album, Sing It Loud, and it's your first back in the studio with a, your own sort of live full band for mm -hmm. a while. How did it feel to be playing with a band again? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I think the bio is maybe a slightly bit misleading. Oh, okay. I usually always use my own band, but okay. what happened this time is that we pulled together these people that we thought might work mm. for the sound that we were trying to get. Yeah. And what happened when, when they walked in the studio, it literally was palpable, the energy and the magic in the you air. You can hear that mm -hmm. on the record. And so when we finished eight songs in three days and then we came back into the studio and recorded another three songs, which are the three covers. And I heard which the... Which are the three covers? I know there's two Hollywood, Hollywood Kids, Heaven, and Reminiscing. Because they're not all on the album, are no, they? No, they're available at katielang.com. Okay. The complete sessions. When we finished recording all those, the two sessions, I was obviously three, eight songs in three days is astonishing. Oh, absolutely. Especially <laughs> on original material. Yeah, amazing. Um, and that's tr vocals and everything. And that was all sort of very much live. Very much together. live, yeah. It was just obvious that it was a Katie Lang and band record. We recorded it on July 4th weekend. It felt like fireworks. When I played it for my best friend, she goes, well, it sounds like a Katie Lang record. When you put it on, it's beautiful. And you're like, yeah, this is Katie Lang. And then sis, boom, bang, the band kicks in. And I went, oh, my God, wow. that's the name of the band. So, Oh, so your friend actually said mm -hmm, sis, boom, bang. Mm -hmm, that was, mm -hmm. I was wondering what Yeah, she was from. describing when the band kicked in. That's, that, it's, that was her feeling. Yeah. Ah. And it's also a sort of, it's a term that describes fireworks, sis, boom, bang. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fantastic. And Joe Pisapia co-produced the record with you. Yeah. How did you meet him? I met him through our mutual friend, Gord Reddy, who's a Canadian engineer. He was working for me and he was working for Joe's previous band, Guster. Mm. And he kept saying, oh, Katie, you got to meet my friend Joe. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, okay. So when we played the Ryman, the Grand Old Opry in Nashville, Joe lives in Nashville, he came backstage. And when I, the second I saw him, I just thought, huh. I, I felt like a chemist. I felt something. Yes. I went home after the tour, wrote Joe, said, send me some stuff, listened to his stuff. I liked it. And I just booked a flight to Nashville, and I told my girlfriend, I'm going to go to Nashville and write with this guy, Joe. And she was like, you what? She goes, that's so unlike you. And I said, yeah, I know. Why but... unlike you? Because uh, I just don't usually do really rash. And she said, I think it's great. Go for it. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I know. I feel it. I feel it instinctually. So. so was it very much a sort of creative meeting of minds? Absolutely. The first day we wrote Water's Edge in Perfect Word in one day. The next day we wrote... Sugar Buzz, Inglewood in the winter, so... And how did you choose the rest of the players on the record? You played with some yeah. of them before. Yeah, da you, Daniel so. and Josh were from the Watershed Tour. Mm -hmm. Joe brought in Lex, the bass player. Yeah. And Daniel had been, and Josh kind of, but Daniel mostly, had been playing with Freddie from the Wallflowers in the Dixie Chicks. And he's the drummer. He's a drummer. And yeah. so Daniel said, yeah, really, Katie, you've got you've got to listen to this guy. And so we brought him in. Oh, and fantastic. he's like... I have to say, he's my favorite drummer I've ever sang with. He leaves so much space, you know. Mm. He's, he's 
heavy and alternative in a way, but he's, there's a lot of his space. And will you be touring with this same band? Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll record more with them? I hope so. You know, yeah. I don't know. You know, no, my I can I change on a whim. I could like make a opera record next. I, you never know. Wow. Okay. Well, that would be interesting. <laughs> well, you just don't know. Or yeah. Tony could phone, or somebody could mm. say, "Do you want to do a record?" Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen, but. Mm. I love this band, and I hope this band stays together and works with other people too. It seems very much like this obviously has been a really creatively fertile time, which I thought was interesting given that in your personal life you seem much more settled than maybe you were at the, the sort of height of your fame and those crazy times. Yeah. And often it's those the emotional roller coaster that goes with actual writing, but, yeah. but now you seem to be creatively very inspired but also sort of quite more settled. Can that go work together? I think well? it can if you make your mind up that it's okay to do that. It's a common habitual concept to think that you can't. Uh, yeah, I made my mind up that I can do whatever I want when I, whenever I want <laughs> in terms yeah. of art. Yeah. You know, it's, there's no rules and there's no... Because I think you did talk in the past about sort of yeah. drawing inspiration from sure did, yeah. the chaotic times. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And, and are you sort of relieved now to be sort of past that stage? And it sounds very much on the record like you're enjoying the music and it's the celebration, even the title, Sing It Loud. I am really enjoying music. I think, you know, the fact that I, I'm coming up to close to 30 years in the music business. You know, I just I don't take it for granted. I feel very, very fortunate that I still have a job. I still have a record, mm. great record company. I still have an audience. I'm mm. still talking to you. I'm, yes. <laughs> You know, I think quite honestly that if I didn't enjoy it and I didn't portray an air of enjoyment, it wouldn't feel very good to anybody, I don't think. No, other people can't enjoy it if you're not enjoying it yourself, absolutely. Another thing you have talked about in the past is writer's block. How have you coped with that? I just started writing again. (laughs) Yeah, do you force yourself to do it? No, I don't force myself. It just kind of started happening naturally with Watershed. And then on this record, because it was so highly collaborative, it was very, very easy. Did songs come out of sort of jamming together, or had you written some parts that you brought to jail? Or? The first two songs, Water's Edge and Perfect Word, I had Perfect Word pretty much sketched out, and Sugar Buzz, and he had Water's Edge sketched out. So then we just kind of finish. Mm-hmm. with each yes. other yeah. yes and then it sort of it comes yeah. into a shape and what inspired the choices of the cover versions because obviously I knew you'd done loads yeah. of fantastic covers over you know years. Heaven and Hollywood Kids were songs that I've always wanted to cover for a while I've always heard Heaven as a country song and I've always heard the Hollywood Kids with a Tammy Wynette like approach vocally and reminiscing you know that was a song that the Australian record company asked for us to do an Australian cover mm-hmm. and uh, we were trying a couple other things that just weren't working and and Daniel said what about reminiscing and we're all like yeah and it just just totally came together and how do you think your voice has developed over the years I mean I've sort of read you talking about not feeling like you have to just really push it and go for it so much these days now that's changed again I've kind of gone through three significant chunks of change the beginning was the country stuff obviously where I was exploring the whole package of performing because I came out of not performing to performing so you know very kinetic very physical very like push my voice as hard as I can push it you know then I hit the pop thing with ingenue and Mm. I start 
letting go of the sort of the physical stuff and focusing on the voice and that continued into you know really focusing on the subtleties of the voice and really focusing on a vocalist with the Tony Bennett stuff the drag you know like kind of really focusing on the classic style of singing and now it's like I'm kind of going back to the country stuff but um, also, it's kind of incorporating rock, which I've never really ventured into. And what have you sort of taken from some of the singers like Tony and also Roy Orbison that, that you've duetted with and worked with? Do you sort of take things from them and inspiration? Yeah, well, there's all the musical stuff, which is pretty obvious. I mean, with Tony, mm. it's like phrasing and, yeah. and you know, how he attacks words or delivers words in a very narrative way and with Roy it's you know using his falsetto and so forth but Mm. really what I learned from both of them is their relationship to the music the audience and to their life offstage that kind of um, proximity to sort of the overall existence of being a singer I think is really important and has affected me in a really big way just seeing Tony offstage how he is on in the airport on the airplane He's coming from a very old school of being, and I'm not, I obviously don't dress as nice as he does. He's always <laughs> dressed to the T's. But just though his mannerisms, the way he is with the fans, um, the way he is with the musicians and himself, himself, it's kind of a great education that I don't think a lot of singers get. I read an interview in that in G3 magazine where you were talking about how you're sort of quite relieved the focus is a bit now less on your sexuality Mm -hmm. as that comes quite a relief as well well in a way it's kind of freed me up to embrace it again you know Mm. I think on this stuff I'm fairly butch I'm really Mm. portraying a lot of my butchness and uh, embracing it and I kind of really musically or in mm, how you present the image the image I guess musically a little bit but you know, music I think transcends gen- all of that. Yeah, uh, yes. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the sort of the clothes and the way I am on stage, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun because I always kind of go contrasting. I always try to balance, you know. So if the focus is really on my my sexuality, I'll pull way away from it. And yeah. when people aren't paying attention to it, <laughs> then you'll, you'll smack you in the face with it. Yeah, it's just the way I am, I guess. Absolutely. And I read that, that you said you thought Ingenue wouldn't have been a hit had you not come out. Do you think that's really true? I do. I think it wouldn't have been as big a hit, for sure. Mm, you yeah. think it really made a difference at the, at the time? Yeah, I think so. And are you sort of proud to have been a gay icon and, I mean, inspired so many kind of gay women? I mean, I, like, like myself, I listened to Ingenue as a confused student. <laughs> <laughs> I think... If I had any positive impact, then certainly I'm proud of it. I thought about this the other day. I was thinking, there's so many cogs in the wheel. I was thinking about people who preceded me, who was like Martina Navratilova, and before that, you know, maybe Billie Jean. And Mm. and, I mean, I'm not going to... It's not worth it to me to have a successful career as someone else. I would rather have a really like minimal career and be myself. So, and didn't you actually get a harder time for being vegetarian? That actually seemed to cause more. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> I think just because it came first, and then by the time lesbianism came around, they were all t- kind of tired of dogging me. So, yeah. Do you still have any ambitions? What would you like to achieve? Yeah, there's tons. I'd like to be a better painter. Do you paint at the moment? It, well, I haven't painted for like two or three years now. Is that watercolors or what? Uh, acrylic and oil. Mm-hmm. Big, big canvases. 
And what sort of other musicians and bands are you listening to? Is there anyone that's inspiring you at the moment? There's a lot, a lot, a lot. First of all, I listen to a lot of classical music. I listen to a lot of classic country music. But in terms of new people, I really like the Teddy Thompson record. I really like Jessica Lee Mayfield right now. I love the Fleet Foxes. I love Arcade Fire. And you started out musically, I read, playing classical piano, Mm -hmm. which all your family did. Mm -hmm. Um, But when was the moment when you realised that voice would actually be your instrument and your thing? I think I always knew innately, but there was a shift, though, when my teacher... Sister Xavier decided because I never ever applied myself to the theory of music because it's too mathematical and too disciplined and I'm very not like that as so a person. So you work very instinctively. I work all instinctively. But you know kind of chords and theory. No, I don't know any theory. Okay, so it's all by ear. Yeah. And Sister Xavier said, "You know what? Let's cuz my family were very highly achieved in piano." And I was the youngest, so I kind of disappointed. But she said, why don't you try singing at the f- festival that was coming up? And I did, and I won. And that sort What of, was the festival? I think it was, it was called Kiwanis, or, or, you know, it was kind of a recital festival where mm. people play their pieces. And, and you won a competition? Yeah, I won that at five. and then At five? Yeah, wow. and then I just started singing. So you started piano at, a very, at around five? Four, around four? four, yeah. Wow. You've been in a relationship now for, is it ten years? Nine and a half. Nine and a half years. Nine and a half years. And how does your partner sort of deal with your kind of fame and your lifestyle? Do you just go home and you're just sort of very normal? I'm, yeah, I am very lucky when I go home. You know, she is so above and beyond all my shenanigans. She's (laughs) She is really very serious and focused on her own thing. Um, what does she do? She works full time for two of our Buddhist oriented nonprofits. Okay. What she does is so above and beyond what I do. So now she respects it and she supports me a lot, but you know, it really, it's not as important as the work she does. So. And how long have you been a Buddhist now? Ten years. Yeah, ten years or so. And how do you think that has sort of influenced your kind of music and creativity? Well, I think it's influenced me beyond decipherability. Actually, you know, for the first ten years, I think it was it, it contributed to my writer's block, like because it really tears down all your conceptual thinking, and basically turns it upside down. And mm. I really just didn't really know how to respond to it, you know. And that's kind of why I went into a lot of cover material. I did. The record with Tony, I did hymns, and it kind of let me do albums without having to write. And I was studying a lot, so cover records allowed me to do a record fast without a lot of work. And also I think the introspection and the meditation and pondering, it also made me focus on my singing on a different way. And what do you think about the way we sort of... New technology means we don't sort of listen to full albums anymore. Do you think that's a shame that we don't sort of... No, because I'm kind of more in the shuffle world myself. Oh, okay, you're a shuffler. <laughs> I'm a shuffler. <laughs> I've been a shuffler forever and ever and ever. Okay. I think that's why my... I think it's good, though, because I think it's made the world more eclectic. It's true. I think yeah. it's made listeners more eclectic. I think it's a shame in terms of... But maybe our whole concept of putting 10 songs out or 11 songs out isn't necessarily that important. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know a lot of people now when they don't have a record company... They'll just put out a record every time they sort of get around to recording one right on their website. And maybe that's the way it goes. Maybe it's, you know. Well, I think that's going to be great. 